American Indian and Alaska Native communities have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and by ongoing discrimination throughout the healthcare system. But this population has also had the highest first dose and full vaccination rates of any racial or ethnic group in the United States. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Nicole Redvers, an Assistant Professor of Family and Community Medicine at the University of North Dakota. Dr. Redvers has co-authored a perspective article about COVID-19 vaccination in American Indian and Alaska Native communities. Dr. Redvers, American Indians and Alaska Natives have had some of the highest rates of hospitalization and death from COVID-19 in the United States. So what factors have contributed to the increased level of risk in these communities? That's an incredibly important question. And, you know, the statistics have been absolutely clear, not only for mortality at 2.5 times the rate, 3.5 times the infection rates, four times the hospitalization rate. And for many of us that work in American Indian and Alaska Native health, these statistics, unfortunately, are not a surprise given the high amount of comorbidities as well as non-communicable diseases that exist within our populations both in tribal reservations, but also in urban indigenous communities that puts many of our members at higher risk, whether or not it's pre-existing diabetes or cardiovascular disease, for example. Before vaccines became available, what did the COVID-19 response look like in various American Indian and Alaska Native communities? What steps did local clinicians and community members take to protect public health? It was quite amazing, actually, to see the mobilization efforts within tribal communities once the pandemic hit. In fact, many tribes implemented case investigations, isolation and contact tracing plans very quickly. They had plans for quarantines and even action plans devised for patient transfers for household food delivery teams even patrols to enforce the lockdowns, and to some extent is a complete sealing of the borders of tribal lands, essentially barring outsiders from entry. Tribes were one of the first to do mandates for mass mandates, putting the students into remote learning environments and requiring physical distancing. There was a very holistic and ecosystem approach that was very much community-centered and community-driven in regards to the effort. In your perspective article, you talk about the consistently high rates of COVID-19 vaccination in these communities. So how was vaccine distribution handled, both at the federal level and in these individual communities? I think this is one of the highlights that we've seen mentioned time and time again in regards to the response, is that the U.S. government really made a decision to allow Native American communities to control vaccine distribution. So the Indian Health Service, of course, that's essentially overseen health initiatives and efforts and funding within tribal communities. However, many of the communities worked with their own tribal governments, nonprofits, and community-based organizations to manage the distribution. The exception would be in Alaska, where the Alaska Native Health Board really partnered directly with state for allocation of vaccine doses, so a little bit of variability between, but ultimately lots of tribal leadership in the distribution process and the decision-making, too, on who actually was allowed to be included in those first months of getting doses. How did the communities build trust and confidence in the COVID-19 vaccines? And this was really the hot-button question originally because there was this overarching assumption, I think, that it was going to be challenging to get communities vaccinated just due to the historical elements and complex structural factors that have existed, creating environments 
where there was a lack of trustworthiness with Western systems of care. And amazingly, throughout the approach to vaccine hesitancy, but also addressing some of the direct questions and needs from communities, we really saw innovative approaches start to emerge from various areas of the nation. There was very much an attunement to culturally appropriate messaging strategies for confronting the hesitancy directly. There was, of course, the distinct features of vaccine distribution networks that I had noted. And probably most prominently was the messaging around the sustainability of our elders and our knowledge holders and our languages. And I really love this quote that came out from the Urban Indian Health Institute from a participant that was surveyed about vaccine uptake. And they had stated, we have to protect our old ones in seven generations to come. It's a big responsibility, warrior up being a good relative, this collective sort of approach that really seemed to mobilize communities to want to protect their elders in their communities, given the harsh effects of the COVID pandemic up until that time. How have American Indian and Alaska Native communities handled vaccine booster shots and vaccines for children as they've become available? Has the level of uptake there been as high as for the original doses? Yeah, so we're just in the very early stages, as you can imagine, of mobilizing some of the data in regards to the younger age groups, and then even for the boosters as well. In fact, we were just having a conversation about this last week, because there hasn't actually been a lot of data coming out so far on the strategies and how the uptake has been for this subset of the population, and then, of course, for the boosters. So I think in the next few months, we'll probably have a better indication whether or not these rates are continuing and if we're seeing a steady rate of uptake for these additional groups. Do you think the success of these vaccine efforts provides any lessons for increasing vaccination rates in non-Native communities where misinformation and lack of trust have continued to present barriers? I think it absolutely does. I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from the Indigenous community response not only within the United States, but even more broadly. And we often hear, of course, of the disparate statistics, all of these unfortunate effects from the COVID pandemic. Well, not so much hearing about all of the strengths and the good things that are coming. Navajo Nation is a perfect example. Early on in the pandemic, there was a substantial news reports and publications on the disproportionate rates of infection and mortality within the group. But we also didn't hear that the Navajo Nation had almost 70% of its members, 12 and over, fully vaccinated as of August 2021. So by examining some of these strengths of what worked, given the fact that there was and is a lack of trustworthiness and in many aspects of Western medicine, I hope to see more investigation on some of these parameters that may in fact help to inform greater vaccine strategies elsewhere. Finally, how can the United States build on community responses to COVID-19 and on federal support to improve health more broadly in American Indian and Alaska Native communities in the future? I think the pandemic response really provided a lens for the future on what's possible when you have community-centered and community-driven efforts that are mobilized and run by tribes themselves. And I think by having tribal members and tribal leaders and community members be the leaders within the response, have the ingenuity and the resourcefulness locally to provide locally centered solutions. And then also the autonomy of sovereign nations, because our tribal communities are sovereign nations, to establish their own policies and priorities. 
really was instrumental. So we often reflect to say, well, what would happen if we gave this amount of autonomy and sovereignty to some of the other public health crises that exist, the other health care crises that exist within our communities? Perhaps there's lessons to be learned here outside of the pandemic when we can actually have collective efforts that are meaningful for communities. And I do hope that government as well as institutions and organizations take notice to say, wait a sec, maybe there's something here for the other efforts that have really been stalled and not really improving in tribal communities, but also in Indigenous urban centers as well. Thank you, Dr. Redverse.